everybody. Hello. Welcome to Learning the Tropes, a romance novel podcast. We have a, a little caveat today. I am sick. My co-host Clayton is about to be sick. Yes. So you might hear some strange noises. I might be a little bit loopy, uh-huh. but we're just going to work through it and it'll be fun. Are you dosed? Are you on medicine? Oh, 100%. How many? Is it a cocktail? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I am on my, I got my Flonase, I got my Robitussin, but just a normal, I'm not roboing or whatever they call it. Yeah. Uh, That's what they call it. Advil. Yeah. You know, trying to make it through the day. But I was so, ex- I like, I genuinely love this book so much and I didn't yeah. want to put off talking about it that I was like, we're just, we're just going to go. I just want to push through yeah. it. I'm on a high. I'm getting adrenaline from thinking about it. Oh, that's great. So uh, who are you? I'm Aaron Leach. <laughs> I'm Clayton Gumbert. <laughs> so Aaron and me are the hosts of this podcast. We are. Yeah. Co-hosts. Co-hosts of the podcast. Aaron is a romance novel expert. I am. And I'm nigh on a virgin. Not anymore, obviously, because no. we've done a few podcasts. But I still would say I am in that virgin zone. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I've gone all the way a couple times, but I'm not completely comfortable with my body yet. You're still learning. I'm still learning. Yeah. The tropes. <laughs> Thank you for doing that for me, Clayton. I uh, couldn't have done it. Yeah. I know. It was good. That's who we are. And this week we read The Proposal by Jasmine Guillory. It's just that we've never discussed this. We aren't really in a place to... I didn't... I just wish you'd brought this up before. Before now. Are you saying no? He was still on one knee, good God. I'm saying this isn't really the place to have this conversation. He just stared at her. Wide-eyed. Are you saying no? He repeated. She took a deep breath. I'm trying not to say that out loud so everyone can hear me. She was still hoping this was some sort of a joke, that any minute he would reveal this was for a commercial or a reality show or something, and they would all laugh and go back to not paying attention to the game. Come on, Nick, Fisher said. Why wouldn't he stand up? We're great together. Live a little. Give us a shot. Live a little? Was he approaching marriage like he would a spontaneous trip to Palm Springs for the weekend? Fisher, don't do this. I can't believe you're doing this to me. He snapped the ring box closed, stood up and tossed his head. The head toss didn't work as well when his hair was in the bun. Rejecting me in public on my birthday? What kind of a person are you? He stormed off and ran up the stadium stairs. So she guessed this wasn't a joke then. So I was really excited to read this book because I started following Jasmine on social media before I had read any of her books. Because this is the second in a series. The first is called The Wedding Date. It made a giant splash. Mm-hmm. Um, it was on all these uh, best of lists and everything. Is, so is this the same characters from the first book or no? No. Um, oh, okay. So the couple, Alexa and um, Chris, uh-huh. are from the first book. That's the wedding oh, date. Yeah. Know that. <laughs> okay. I got really excited because I love this book. Yes. The wedding date is about uh, they get stuck in an elevator and then they agree to be out their wedding date. So it's a forced proximity. Uh, and that's their meet cute, right? And it's the meet cute. Mm, see, I'm learning. But let's also judge the cover. I think it's. Uh, I think it works. 
Mm-hmm. I think it has the light kind of uh, feel of the modern uh, romance, which we saw. It's a similar kind of cartoony cover mm-hmm. to the Kiss Quotient. Yeah. Kiss Quotient. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I think the big thing about it is that it leans a little bit too much into the baseball aspect, mm-hmm. which is a very small blip in the, in the book. It's the beginning. It's the setup. But there's not much baseball other than they are kind of baseball fans. He is. He is. And she's okay with it. Yeah, that's a little bit uh, misleading because I thought this was going to be a sports romance when I first looked at it. And it really wasn't. I put it down in our Excel sheet as like sports because for some reason I thought Carlos was was going to be a baseball player. Well, he's got a baseball cap on the cover. I'm assuming that's him. And he's got such luscious hair. Why would he wear a baseball cap all the time? I mean. Come on. Why don't you give the synopsis of the book? Sure. Okay. So it's it's really f- – actually, just right before that, it's really fun because this was actually the first book that we've done that I read before Aaron did. Mm-hmm. So I had the feeling of, oh, I really want to talk about this, but I can't because – I got to save it for the podcast. Right. The proposal is about a woman who – well, it starts out because it's very important because this is why it's called The Proposal. <laughs> a girl named Nicole – who is at a baseball game with her boyfriend, Fisher. Mm. Fisher. (laughs) Who she's been only dating for five months, and he proposes to her on the big screen, on the Jumbotron. And she's like, I haven't even said I love you to this guy, and he's proposing. Mm -hmm. So she turns him down, and all these people start freaking out, taking pictures, the... the, uh, Uh, all these camera crews start coming after her to ask her questions. And there's a gentleman in the, uh, in the rows behind her. Carlos is there with his sister Mm -hmm. and that's Alexa, right? That's uh, Angela. Angela. Okay. So Angela and Carlos are in the crowd and they see this happen. And Carlos being a cool dude comes up to Nicole pretending that he knows her. And pulls her away from all the cameras and the media. So they start hanging out. That's the meet cute, mm-hmm. which I loved. I thought I, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it, I don't know. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to talk about it so bad, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> so then they start casually seeing each other, but neither of them want anything serious. So it's one of those things where you can tell they're falling in love, but each one of them is, does not want to admit it. And, Carlos's uh, sister is having a baby and she has really high blood pressure. So he's taking care of her and he wants to make sure that she's okay. And then what happens is she has something happen to her where she has to get rushed to the hospital. He goes when he's on a date with Nicole and she shows up at the hospital, which throws everything off. They kind of get into a fight after Carlos says, I love you. Nicole is freaked out by that. But then eventually comes around and realizes she's in love with him and they get back together happily ever after. That kind of ruined the whole book. So you can skip past that if you want to. I think going like we're going to spoil the book. Yeah, we're going to spoil. We're assuming you've already read this. Yeah. And you should. Mm -hmm. And the thing with this book is that that is basically the plot. There's things that happen in it, but it is a very basic plot. And uh, but I like that because the thing about this book that I really enjoyed was that it was the closest thing I've read so far to how a relationship actually forms. Mm. Did you find that to be the case? 
Yeah, definitely. I had never read her anything by her before. And I, yeah, I thought she was really talented at that, at creating these characters. And also I loved the side characters as well, mm-hmm. um, that they also felt really rich. I, I always do feel really sad when the heroine has no friends. Mm-hmm. I think because my friends are so important to me that when they're going through these big life changes and they have no one to talk to, I'm yeah. like, this is hell. But she had two fantastic friends. Oh, yeah. And I loved the whole, the B-plot of her with the self-defense classes. Hit like a girl. Hit like a girl, Natalie. And she was a lovely. Yeah. I mean, fell in love with her, too. She was fantastic. Yeah, Natalie. And then we find out that Natalie has uh, kind of a tragic story. Mm-hmm. Not super tragic. I was actually waiting it f- for it to be more tragic. Mm-hmm. Not because I wanted her to have a tragic back uh, story, but it... I feel like it was still traumatic what she went through, but I, I, I was waiting for something like really heavy to be dropped, but it wasn't, which was good. I didn't want it to be too heavy. That's really interesting that you say that, though, because I feel like it did such a good job of capturing a situation that I know a lot of women find themselves in mm-hmm. accidentally. Yeah. I've had I don't know how many girlfriends in that not that exact same situation because she was in an emotionally abusive situation and um he completely isolated her from everybody. And mm-hmm. I've definitely had that happen to yeah. friends, but uh you know more you know thankfully normally doesn't get that far, but I don't think I've seen that and the sort of havoc that that can wreck on somebody's life explained as well as it was in this. <clears throat> and I think that a lot of the book is also about allyship. Like Carlos is a is a needs to learn how to be a good person without taking over the situation, which mm-hmm. I think is his what he wants to do because he's a doctor. I do think all doctors do have like a bit of a god complex. I think they have to right to do their job, but it's how you deal with those situations in your everyday life mm-hmm. that they could probably get better at. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. And I think that the sub, like just an interesting thread that was going through this whole book was about how to help somebody take like take on their own problem and be that support which is definitely really necessary but i think there are a lot of times where carlos wanted to jump in and just fix it for everybody Mm -hmm. for like nick definitely because fisher's acting weird after they break up and she's a little bit scared and his cousin jesse with the baby because he feels like he's a doctor he should know everything when really it's like you have preeclampsia like you're just kind of laying on the couch like there's not a ton you can do now did they ever explain what preeclampsia is that what it is? Yeah. Did they ever explain what that is? Yeah. I mean, it's just when your your blood pressure gets too high. When- so that's what it, okay, because I knew she had high blood pressure, but I wasn't sure if that was a symptom of preeclampsia or that's what preeclampsia is. Uh, it's a symptom of preeclampsia. Okay. You know, but did that stand out to you as well? Or like, how did you feel about those conversations yes. that they were having? Well, yeah, Carlos is, uh, you know, he's a work in progress, mm-hmm. but I think he's willing. You know, he, I think it, it did show him, especially meeting someone like Nicole, who is very uh, strong, very much takes care of herself, mm-hmm. that she had a hard time allowing him to do certain things. That, so when Fisher, uh, she breaks up with Fisher, he's this actor with a man bun, this <laughs> blonde guy, and he's a real asshole because... When he got embarrassed, he started texting her these really mean things, uh, and I got really angry at that. And then she got threats from online. So it wasn't just Fisher she was kind of worried about, but she was worried about random asshole dickhead incels that were going to, like, come to her house. And so when she was hanging out with Carlos, she got a little bit up. She got a little scared to go home. There was that struggle inside her where – 
She's like, I'm, I'm a confident, strong person. I can take care of myself. But also, men are nuts. Not all men, but some men are nuts. So I want to make sure that I'm safe. And if Carlos is going to come in and uh, help me out in case something happens, then I'm going to be okay with it. But then he comes in and kind of tries to boss her around a little bit. And she has those mixed feelings. I like that he cares, but I don't like that he's telling me what to do. Right. Um, so that's a push-pull in their relationship. And that I felt was just so realistic that uh, you, you want to be uh, you want to be a protector as a guy. But protector doesn't mean that the person you're with is uh, not able to protect themselves. Like you said, it's more about being an ally. So you are teammates. You're not the coach and she's the player. And I think we've felt that way for so long. That's what we were taught as as young boys that. You have to protect. You have to protect your mom. You have to protect your sister. And then that translates to I have to protect the person that I'm in a partnership with. Mm -hmm. And it comes from a good place, but it can be twisted and poisoned. Yeah. So I do agree. I do agree that I I like that. And I like that Carlos met his match Mm -hmm. with Nicole. Yeah. And I think it also brings up this idea of – that I think a lot of women are feeling right now, like culturally and everything too, is like this remind, like this reminder that the culture reminds you that you are, because she's also a black woman. So a lot of the comments she says were like her least favorite word for a black person, her least favorite word for a woman, which you can just imagine what those two probably are. Yeah. Um, and do you want to say them? <laughs> I will not. But yeah, it's it's sort of this thing that the culture reminds you. And so you you want to project being a strong person. You want to project somebody who's in control of yourself. And she is. She's like, she has a great job in a very, very difficult industry. She she's had, a writer. She's, yeah, she has, she's a freelance writer, which mm-hmm. is not easy to do. No. Um, as you know. As I know. Yeah. And, you know, and as much as allyship is important, it is also important to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And it's like having Carlos come in one. It was, was it a bit of a ruse to get him to come into her apartment? Listen, that's yeah. nice. I mean, his forearms, come on. Ugh. Yeah. Carlos sounded like a hunk, by the way. Oh. He sounded so hunky. He, did you picture him as an actor? So this is probably a reference people won't get, but uh, the new Miami, uh, no, the new Magnum P.I. It got rebooted on CBS. It's a TV show. And <laughs> CBS the, is a television channel. Yeah. yeah. The lead actor is Jay Hernandez. Okay. Do you know who Jay Hernandez is? Like, I can see the billboards in my mind. Yeah, he's, he's like, uh, Hispanic, mm-hmm. and he's hunky. Mm-hmm. And so my imagination was, no offense to Jay, a younger Jay mm-hmm. Hernandez mm-hmm. with some, you know, like, a little bit yoked. Not too yoked, but, like, fit. He goes running every day. Fit. Like a runner's body. I yeah. was picturing Adam Rodriguez. He was in Ugly Betty. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also, something I thought that Jasmine did fantastic in this book was all of the food stuff. Yes. I mean, come on. I, it, I'm not, I don't have a sweet tooth, but I was like, I might murder someone for a cupcake right now. And so she, I think she's a really good writer. Yes. I was very impressed with her writing mm-hmm. because the dialogue was very naturalistic. Mm-hmm. And the way she wrote about food, it's one of my biggest pet peeves when people write about food. It grosses me out mm-hmm. when they're like succulent peaches and <laughs> I slurped down the oyster. The way she explained the food and there's a few times where he cooks for her and he's a really good cook. And the way Nicole reacts is not to have this florid 
uh, description of the taste of the food. It was done so well that it made me hungry. It did not disgust me, which is usually what happens. Yeah. But I I just felt like as I was reading that book, as somebody who doesn't normally read food writing or anything like that, I was like, wow, she's fantastic at this. I mean, even the risotto. Yeah. The way that he talked about making risotto, I was like, should I start making risotto every day? Yeah, I was like, should I Google what risotto is? <laughs> now, I know what risotto is, ladies. Come on. Yeah, was there anything else about the book that you wanted to? Well, uh, like I was saying, I love their flirtation. I love the way they talk to each other. Um, one of the moments that really stuck out to me that I loved was they're having breakfast. And I think Carlos had made her breakfast. Mm-hmm. But he made her food all the time. We don't know if Nicole could cook, Uh, if she has a kitchen. Yeah, it doesn't matter. She has coffee. That's all she cares. Well, her friend has the cupcake place, so she can always get cupcakes from her. And then Carlos, she can always get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm. So he's preparing coffee. And it could maybe not have been a breakfast at some point when he's making coffee. He poured a lot of sugar into his coffee. And Nicole's thinking to herself, that's a lot of sugar for a coffee, but I know people who put a lot of sugar in their coffee. And this was at the beginning of them courting each other. So that was such an honest moment because you'll do those judgments on people. And at that point, it's not a positive or negative judgment. There's a tinge of it, but you're just looking at what they do and making notes and judging them a little bit. But she was still probably so into him that it wasn't one of those things where uh, like, I think later in a relationship, if it's a bad relationship, three years from now, she's like, you always put too much sugar in the coffee. <laughs> I knew that from the beginning. I never should have gotten with you, somebody who put sugar in coffee. But it's those little judgments you make, and then you put it aside because you're like, well, I really like this person, or they're super hunky or super sexy. But you also can grow and deepen and love somebody and and love those things where, God, they put so much sugar in their coffee, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But also... I love them. And that's the thing I love is that they're so different than me. I would never put sugar in my coffee. Right. I I love that part. And it's those little tiny things that made this so natural. And the the way they didn't want to fall in love, but they did. And we could tell as readers that they wanted to spend so much time with each other, but still wanted to be friends. I was like, you guys are in love. You're boyfriend and girlfriend. You're in a relationship. And I've had – that's happened to me before. I've been in relationships where – Either I or the other person wanted to hold back a little bit, whether or not it was because of somebody they'd been with before or just circumstances in their life where you pull away a little bit because you know how deep you want to get with that person. And you either don't want to rush it or you just don't want to you don't want to be the person who dives in head first. And then you realize, oh, I'm way deeper than I wanted to be. So I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this was a a fantastic example also of a contemporary romance, which I do think are the hardest to write. Mm -hmm. And I normally have the the hardest time becoming really invested in them. Yeah. Because the thing is, with modern romance, it, it like what is ever keeping anybody apart? And it has to be just the internal struggle. And I think as a writer, that's really, really difficult to portray Mm -hmm. in a real way. She did a great job. I think she did a great job. The one thing that I am going to say, and this is a trope that I don't enjoy, which is the big must understanding. Because I feel like in romances, 85% of the way you need the characters to come apart so they can get back together in the last nine, like the last 5% of the book and everyone lives happily ever after. And I just, I didn't believe 
I didn't believe the reason that they broke up mm-hmm. because <clears throat> Carlos basically the day after Jesse has her baby and they bring the she brings the enchiladas to the hospital and they come home and they have sex and they wake up together and Carlos has decided that he loves her, which I do think is a, I do think men normally say I love you more like at first mm-hmm. and it normally is more emphatic that way. So I really thought that that was like a good capturing. Didn't happen with me and my husband because I got a little tipsy on the third date, but you know. And then, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> um, but she was like, I can't, I can't, and just sort of like dumped him and was kind of, I thought he acted out of character and she acted out of character. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I it's, didn't love it. They had, I agree with you. They had to create conflict somehow. Mm-hmm. And I do think Carlos's declaration came out of nowhere. Uh-huh. It was out, and I, but I also feel like they could have had a conversation about it more than her storming out. And then, when he yells at her about uh, about how basically you led me on almost it, it was he, that became such an awkward situation where I was not rooting for Carlos in that moment. I was like, OK, man, you have to understand that you went through a traumatic experience with your family mm-hmm. and you're a little raw right now. You you claim that you love her. She just came out of a relationship where a guy proposed to her after five weeks and uh, – or five months. It was five months. Five months. months. So that's so short. And you both agreed that you wanted it to be a a fun friends with benefits situation and all of a sudden you're screaming I love you and she gets scared by it and you can't sit and have a conversation. The reason why that happened was to create conflict in the book where there really wasn't. It didn't change that me enjoying the book, though. No, not at all. But just as it was happening, I was like, oh, really? Yeah. And then um, when they got back together, I mean, it was cute. It was fine. Mm-hmm. I love that she punched Fisher in the face. <gasps> oh, yeah, because she's going to the self-defense mm-hmm. fight like a girl, which I was like, can because a lot of the restaurants they refer to, she refers yeah. to exist. So I was like, can I go to L.A. and take these classes? Yeah. I think I really need them. Can these exist? And it's on a sliding scale. <sighs> Come on. We need more sighting scale stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. So then Fisher comes back just like a villain, like a cartoon villain. Like, Yeah. Um, but I did picture the movie where that's such a fun, cathartic scene where oh. she punches this douchebag in the face uh-huh. and we all cheer. Oh, and then the lady walking by and is like, good job <laughs> Oh, with the baby carriage. She's like, where where'd you learn to punch like that? She takes it down. Oh, mm-hmm. I loved that moment. There was a few moments in this book that I laughed out loud, yeah. which is so rare for me when I'm reading because I can read something and say, oh, that's funny. Yeah. But I was so surprised by a few of the things that especially I could picture that scene uh-huh. and it made me laugh where he sprawled out. <laughs> her hand is is like swell, swelling up. And then this woman's like stopping great she's like where'd you learn a punch and then she tells her and then she's writing it down (laughs) with her baby carriage right over him i thought that was such a funny uh thing the other time i I laughed out loud was when they were making the enchiladas and she forgot to put gloves on and her nose started burning and they were and he put sour cream all over her face i thought that was really funny the way they reacted to each other the other thing about their relationship that i liked is that they were always kind of walking on eggshells around each other at first when they would say something, but then it all, it would kind of end up being okay because the other person was mature enough to understand where they were coming from. If these characters, I believe these characters were in their early thirties or early to mid thirties. If this would have been people in their twenties, 
some of the comments they made to each other, that would have been the big falling out and the big fight. Mm-hmm. But the older you get, the more you realize that when you can have a conversation with somebody and you can talk about these, these, these things, if, if I speak to somebody a way that they don't like, they can say, you know, I don't appreciate that. And then you can have an adult conversation about it. Yeah. And that's what I liked about these characters is they were adults. Yeah. Yeah. So I recommend this book. A hundred percent. And I'm going to I'm going to read The Wedding Date. Yeah, me yeah. too. It made me want to read it. Especially when they sh- when um Alexa and Chris showed up, I thought that was such a great moment. Yeah. When they all go out to dinner together, it did make me want to know more about this couple. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go back. Are we going to do it for the podcast or should I, I just read so. it by I myself? Just, just read it for pleasure. I might do that. Yeah. Are you okay Will it feel like cheating if I read a romance novel that we're not reviewing? Nothing would make me happier, Clayton. Okay. Like, if I turn you straight up into a romance reader and you start reading <laughs> back catalogs, yeah, that, that means I've succeeded. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm really – I mean, this – I like the last book a lot. This book I really liked, and I'm really excited to read more kind of modern stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Well, you're not going to appreciate next week, but we'll come back around. As long as it's shape-shifting. Is it? No, that's fine. Mm, no, we can be. We can move it. We can no, no, no. Things. Whatever, whatever you want, um, I'll do. <laughs> yeah, and I do want to implore everybody also to follow Jasmine Guillory on Instagram mm-hmm. because she does. She gives great content, which I appreciate. Got to. She does like every day. She does yoga, and she takes a bath. And I just love a woman who takes a bath at the end of every day. That is such a. I'm sorry, not to to butt in even though I'm the co-host of this podcast, <laughs> that reminds me of something. I read part of this book in the bathtub. So did I, Clayton. Yes. <laughs> that is so funny because so I, when I used to live with my ex, we had a bathtub that we used to love to, uh, together and separately, take baths. Uh-huh. And when it was either really cold in the winter, take a really hot bath, or in the summer when it was hot, take a really cold bath. But I used to, when she was at work or I had a day off, I used to go into the bathtub and bring a book and read almost an entire book in the bathtub until I was prunish. Now, I, couldn't, I can't do that necessarily now at the place I, I live because uh, I do share a bathroom. But the guy I share a bathroom with during the winter months teaches upstate. Oh. So he's not around for a couple days. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hmm. That bathtub is calling to me. <laughs> so I had a day off and I poured a nice hot bath, put my essential oils in there, put some Epsom salt in there, and I just laid back and I read half this book in the bathtub. And let me tell you, that's the way to read this book. Oh, yes. It's in a bath. You can tell that this is it was written by a bath goer. Yep. And you better get in that bath. I had a bath yesterday too. Yeah. Put some lavenders in there, lit a candle. I was like, this is how Jasmine would want me to read this. Lavender oil. Yeah. I put lavender oil in. You got to do lavender. Yeah. I did. Relaxing. I put some peppermint in there, too. Ooh. Refreshing. I do want all of the uh, listeners to know that this entire time, whenever Clayton starts talking about the book, he does pick it up and start waving it around. <laughs> I'm a good promoter. You are. Just to me, though. I have read the book, I must say. Pat hasn't, so maybe we can, to our producer, Pat. Producer Patty. Um, the other thing about these books, and I see, not knowing about romance novels, and I, so I don't want to step out of bounds here, but what I like about what I've read so far is that it seems like this is, this is an interracial uh, mm-hmm. one because he is Hispanic and she is uh, African-American or, or a person of color as well. Mm-hmm. 
and and there were a couple comments about it from their point of view as to how people would react, like their family and stuff like that. But it also was kind of whatever. Like they just liked each other and loved each other and it wasn't a big deal. Where I feel like in other media, it's such a big deal when something like this is portrayed and it was done in such a way that everybody can love everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you find that. Is that how romance novels kind of are? Well, I mean, romance in general as a genre has a big diversity problem. A problem? Yeah, it's not very diverse oh, okay. as a genre. I think we've just picked books that are happen to be very diverse and okay. by diverse women because it's been a white woman, an Asian woman, and a black woman who've written these books. But yeah. Um, but I, which I think is good. I think it's important to highlight in romance. I do think because romance is a women's genre and I think women in general are pay more attention to things like this. It's mm-hmm. something that people are, are really paying attention to. Yeah. Um, cause and, they themselves are marginalized. Yeah. So they'd be more, uh, they can be marginalized. So they're more open to women. You mean women? Yeah. Yeah. Women are more marginalized. So as writers, they're going to think me more about, about this. I'm not, no, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, joking. I'm just trying. No, See, no, I can't no. win. No, I'm, that was, <laughs> it was too easy. Clayton. You, I know. No, I'm, sorry. I, I'm not. I'll cut Did it. you know, let me explain. Something. <laughs> Did uh, you know how marginalized you are? Uh, huh? I mean, I was also reading this uh, to really put this in a place in time the day that Kavanaugh was confirmed, which I did, which was the perfect solve, I think, for me for that Mm -hmm. day, because it is such a feminist book. And I just was like, yeah, let's talk about romance. And I think the thing about romance, too, that we always have to ask ourselves, especially when it comes to diversity, if it's uh, racial diversity or um, LGBT stuff is always about, because the thing about romance is who gets a happy ending. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have books about people of other races or um, LGBT, then you're saying that they don't deserve a happy ending. And that's not true, Mm -hmm. obviously. So that's why it's always important to read these books. And it's always like you said, it's like so humanizing, too. Yeah. Just read somebody fall in love. Everybody falls in love. I will say the other thing about this romance novel that I felt like was a departure from the ones I normally read uh, is that all of the sex scenes were very much like a fade to black situation, Mm -hmm. which I did love. I wanted to see them have sex. I was surprised by that because the other ones that I had read, the first two, there was very explicit sex. Mm -hmm. And yeah, these there was a few mentions of nipples. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, a lot of conolingus. Yeah. He goes down on her almost every time, mm-hmm. and then they fade to black. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't mind it that much because I was really invested in their relationship. So I I kind of wanted to get back to their relationship stuff and their dating and them going on dates. So I wasn't as upset about that, I think, as, as you were. I was. Yeah. So upset. Uh, no, but I think a good sex scene adds to the story, mm-hmm. and I think it continues to tell the story through the sex scene, and I think that's what I was looking for. Ultimately, like you, it didn't really matter. I do think it was fine. Does this put this book into a different category? No. Or no? This is still a romance novel. Okay. Because what are the two things we need for a romance novel? You need a central love story. The central story has to be love. And then it has to end happily ever after. And? And. No, does this novel do that? Yes. So? It is a romance mm-hmm. novel. Cool. Jasmine, please come on the podcast because we would love to interview you. Oh, yeah. Would you be like really intimidated, do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I would. I, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would be necessarily intimidated, but I would be really excited. Oh, me too. I'd be very excited to talk to her. Yeah. Because uh, the way she writes, I feel like she would be so fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we talk about uh, would we fuck them? <laughs> yes. You, like, uh, yeah, it's like you're looking at my paper. Let's do it. Okay. Would yes. You, w- yes. Both of them. Both of them. Absolutely both of them. <laughs> yeah. I would fuck everybody in this book except for Fisher. Oh, no, nobody should ever fuck Fisher. Yeah, no. And the, he should remain celibate the rest of his life. He should be celibate. Humanity, we need to say no. Yeah. Yeah, of course. What's not to want to fuck? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, I, I, I mean, Carlos is a little bossy. No, he's in, but then, no, that's like their sex game is like he's a little bossy. That's nice. Yeah, but uh, I mean, just in real, so we're just talking about fucking, we're not talking about dating. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, or so, do you want to talk about date? Would you date no, Carlos? Um, um, he makes amazing food and he's a doctor and he has a sweet car. Yes. Well, then, yes. Yeah. Of course I would. The only thing is that uh, he, he, might, he might be a little bossy. Uh huh. And I might not like that. But I think he, he's open to working on it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good. And 100%, I would, I would, I would uh, date Nicole. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, I have nothing else to say. Yeah. I think they're both like, uh, super sexy, aware of themselves. But uh, Carlos maybe a little bit more than Nicole. I think Carlos is really, whenever something happens, Carlos is really good at immediately being like, okay, let me recalibrate. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is she really saying? Okay. How do I make sure I'm representing my feelings in the most accurate way? Or I feel like Nicole, which is also something for me, takes a bit longer. Like she needs a day or so when she fucks up, she needs to be like, oh, Okay, now I see what Mm -hmm. I did, you know, which I think is fair. Oh, yeah. As long as you come to the realization, Mm -hmm. you need to have your own amount of time. And I think that's where a lot of relationships fail because one person will be able to do something wrong or say something wrong and then immediately think and apologize. And then someone else will have to stew on it think about it but then come to the right but by that time there's already that bridge Mm -hmm. that constantly needs to be crossed and you don't want to have to cross a long bridge every time you have a an argument so let's do goodreads list this is difficult because as of recording this podcast the book isn't out so it's not going to be on many lists yeah we got a little pre-release yeah we got a little arc action Mm -hmm. hey hey. all right so we only got four lists but okay let's see uh, October 2018, most anticipated romances. Agreed. Yeah. Of course. You should anticipate this. You should be, you should, if this is after October 30th, you should have this in your hand. Mm-hmm. It's insane you don't. Yeah. Clayton literally does right now as well. Best multicultural interracial romances. Yes. Yeah. I agree. We've only read two, but mm-hmm. I would say yes. Black heroines 2018, which oh, I yeah. thought was a funny list because it's not best black heroines. It's just, she black? Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, then she's on that list. I mean, yeah. yeah it's, she's black. Yeah, she's black. Need to read 2018. Would you say this is a need to read? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is a need to read. I would be suggesting this to everybody. Oh, yeah. All right, so let's do Tropes Present. Yes. So what did? What, so we already did the big one, the big misunderstanding. Yes. What other tropes? Okay. Let, let me know if these are tropes. Yeah. Let's do we it. also said that it is a interracial romance. Yeah. What else is there? There is, like you said, there's the misunderstanding. Um, again, two weeks in a row, daddy issues. Mm-hmm. But for the male, <laughs> he had some daddy issues. Yeah. Understandably. 
But um, that is that. I mean, I guess that's a trope. I guess so. Strong female, uh, like strong f- female protagonist. Heroine. Heroine. Strong mm-hmm. her- female heroine. Um, is he an alpha? No. He's a beta. I think so. Okay. I guess I haven't read a lot of alphas. I, next week is an alpha. In real life, would he be an alpha? No. Okay. Hmm. God, is this alpha going to just dominate me? I feel like he's going to be too dominating. Because I feel like whenever he was also dominating, it was like in bedroom situations. Like anytime that she was, because even when he was checking her apartment, if she mm-hmm. was like, actually, no, I don't need this, he would have turned around and laughed. That's true. He would have been like, okay, well, I'm just going to, like an alpha would be like, okay, well, I'm just going to sit in my car and watch your door and make sure you're safe all night. Yeah. And be weird like that. Where he would just be like, oh, okay. And text her first thing in the morning probably, but like. Yeah. Is this a trope? Bloated sex. Because they have a huge Mexican, Mexican meal. Oh. And then they're like, I know a way to work this off. Let's have sex. Now, that's, that's one that I was upset wasn't described because I wanted to hear about how Carlos was holding in his farts. Because <laughs> have you ever eaten a big meal, any kind of meal, but Mexican, like legitimate real Mexican, yeah. and then tried to have sex? You're bloated, gassy, greasy mess. I know. I found that to be... A- unbelievable <laughs> that for me was a bridge too far uh-huh um in just my understanding of how the human body works but so is that a trope uh no i don't okay. think so okay. uh cooking is a trope cooking, cooking is together a trope? is a trope dr hero is a quote dr Tro- hero is a, is a trope is a so trope. he's a dr hero mm-hmm. okay uh close family is a trope he has close family. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's all the tropes, though. Yeah, so not as many tropes in Mm-mm. this. It wasn't super tropey. Mm-mm. It was just well written. Cupcakes. <laughs> is cupcake is cupcake love a, a trope? Uh, I don't know. It should be. Yeah. When she kept talking about the spicy cupcakes, I was like, yeah. get them in my mouth. I know. I was very excited to try those. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I like I like the sweet and spicy. Yeah, or yeah. the key lime pie ones. Mm-hmm. That would be great. All right. I think we did it. Whoa. This was fun. I, yeah, this was fun. This was a really good book, and I was so excited to talk to you about this. Yeah. So that's – I like when we both haven't read the book because mm-hmm. there's a level of anticipation that I enjoy. Because if you've already read the book, it feels like old news to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, not that you not that you can't have a great conversation about it, but it's that shared kind of we finally get to talk about this. That's what yeah. I really like. So if you have any questions, if you want to suggest a book for us, if you feel like we missed a trope – let us know. Mm-hmm. Email us, learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, on Twitter, we're Learning Tropes. Uh, and on Instagram, we're Learning the Tropes. Yeah. Find us, follow us. Send me merch. <laughs> send me merch. Send them cupcakes. Oh. If, send me baked goods. Oh, yes. Uh, send me any. I mean, listen, anything you want to send me that is legal yes. for me to receive. Mm hmm. Um, if it's illegal for you to send, but legal for me to receive, I'm okay with that. I don't know what that would be, Yeah, but you can figure that out. Um, anything like t-shirts, baby onesies, books, any, anything you want to send, email us. Travel and we'll mugs. Get, tra- tra- come on. Yeah. Of course, travel mugs. Mm-hmm. Hats. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, luggage tags. Uh, keychains. We're trying to get you clothed. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. 
I'm barely clothed right now, yeah. everybody. Um, we're going into a long winter. We're going to need oh, some sweatshirts. So yeah. So any anything that's in, anything that's wool and emblazoned with a uh, a logo, please send it to me. Um, and what you can do is email us. And then we will send you a P.O. box in which to send this. Because I'm not giving you my address. I'm not giving you my home address. All right. That's fair. Yeah. And I think that's everything for us. And so to get ready for next week, we have a really exciting episode. Uh, It is Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. So get that. Start reading. You're going to have a good time. I promise. You'll have have a time. (laughs) You'll have a time. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. See you next week. Bye.